0: All right. We're back for another episode of the YVR Remo show. Really looking forward to this one. This is going to be an interesting uh, topic that we actually haven't done before. So that's one reason why I'm excited about it. Uh, so what we're going to talk about today is, you know, all, all the things that a mortgage broker would do in a transaction and when it would make sense to go directly to a mortgage broker and when it would make sense to go directly to your bank or a bank in general. So let's dive in. Um, We'll start off. All of us are here today. So I just want to do a quick introduction, Tyler, Derek and Justin are all sitting with me today. Again, I'm Dean Lawton. For those of you that are listening for the first time, uh, we're gonna start with what is the purpose of a mortgage broker? And I'll pass this one to to Tyler uh, to kind of jump in and like, what is the purpose of a mortgage broker? Let's break it down.
1: Boy, getting back to the basics here. So, I mean, this is part of our script anytime we're talking to, to a new client, but the purpose of a mortgage broker, the way I've always thought about it is I'm an independent third-party expert that's here to help you get access to mortgage funds to either complete your purchase or refinance. Part of the main benefit of being working with the mortgage broker is our interests are mutually aligned, right? So we're gonna get into compensation, how we're paid and in, 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 um, what that looks like. But why I mentioned that our interests are mutually aligned is I'm only getting paid if I'm providing my end user, my client, a product that they want for their mortgage need, right? that's it right whereas if you're going directly to the bank the bank's responsibility is to the bank to their shareholders uh, where my responsibility is to the client so something i always mention to clients is look you you hire me right i don't hire you you hire me to represent your best interest right the bank's best interests are always going to be the bank and the shareholders and making sure they're following their guidelines Uh, the bank is paying their salary where I'm only getting compensated, like I said, if you select a mortgage term that you like that I provide, um, that um, that fits your needs, right? And you know, here's the thing: something I always bring up to all my clients is, is mortgage law is written entirely to protect you, the borrower. So even after you know any mortgage broker works with you, you sign up your commitment letter, all that, you know, you you still have the opportunity. You're never obligated to take that mortgage. You have the opportunity to go somewhere else. And so we operate as very transparent, third-party experts there to help fulfill your mortgage needs.
2: Yeah, really good point. I mean, I guess the only other thing that I would add to that, which I know you were insinuating, but is like the level of service along that process too. Like it's in our best interest to make sure that the consumer gets the best possible outcome, right? Best rate, best product, most cost effective. Like make sure that that's the best possible mortgage for you, the consumer. Um, The other side of it is like we talk about this all the time as a group. We could literally get the best product and best rate and it could be the like the absolute best mortgage for that person. But if we provided shitty service, like you're probably not going to take that mortgage from me. You're probably going to go somewhere else. Right. So what I've always said for years and years and years is like we're kind of betting on ourselves here because if we don't do a good job and we don't come up with the best possible outcome and you aren't happy with service, you are going to go somewhere else and myself and our team and everyone else like we're taking on costs to process this because we have a team and we have staff and we have an office and everything else and if we can't get that mortgage done to our own fault like that's a major fail it's a terrible business model right and, and we would not be sitting here today if that's if that's the way that we operated so level of service is obviously really important too and i think just last piece on that like we've always been on the mindset is this is, it can be a very tra- transactional business, right? Like you can look at it and say, okay, there's a mortgage, I can do the mortgage for for Jeff and and I can make $4,000. But like, we think of it so big picture, like we're gonna be doing this for so long, like Thrive's gonna be around forever. And we know that that mortgage is gonna be up for renewal. And we know that you have friends and family that are gonna be buying or refinancing and like referrals mean so much to us, right? So that again, if we don't do a good job and, and you don't have a good taste in your mouth when you've left the process with us, like. That just doesn't work, right? Like we won't get your mortgage at renewal and you won't come to us next time you want to upsize or buy a rental property. And that's another just absolute fail if that's the way that the relationship ends for us, right? So just, we always have the consumer's best interest in mind, I guess, to recap that.
3: Yeah, and I think what makes us, you know, stand out more than anyone else is with our process, we have such a great discovery call for the first 15 minutes and understanding your full wants and needs that we are prepared, we're already preparing for like your second and third mortgage because we've kind of asked where your trajectory is gonna go. And obviously things can throw curveballs into that, but like we understand you as the borrower and what you're what you need. And we're gonna make sure we set you up for that one and, and going forward after that
0: yeah it's a great point i mean just looking at our process especially from a pre-approval perspective somebody going out into the market and and writing an offer on a home potentially selling their home um, as a firm sale before buying these are things that are are, these are serious moves serious um, situations that uh, need to be done properly and what i mean by done properly is like we have to pre-approve that client um, in, and look and do all the proper due diligence up front, which is something that I know a mortgage broker, a good mortgage broker certainly does. You know, looking through the documentation, every single document they know is going to be required, making sure there's no issues or mistakes when it comes to underwriting um, from a qualification standpoint, looking at the stress test, Uh, the income ratios, debt ratios, all of those things have to be looked at very carefully, confirming where the down payment's coming from, ensuring that, you know, there's enough history uh, from from a perspective of the money being in the account uh, for a certain amount of time, such as 90 days, which most, you know, banks and lenders require. These are things that we do a very, very detailed review on. And that is, those are things that we certainly find the banks at directly working with the banks directly don't do a great job at a lot of a lot of banks just take you know what you say um, from a perspective of here's what I make here's what I have available and and ultimately spit out a number to you you know that's great from a perspective of giving you some rough numbers but it's really not something I would want to bank on um, you know no pun intended from a perspective of selling my home and going out into the market and writing an offer so I just find the process with a mortgage broker can be very very m- much more detailed. Uh, than a bank. So it's something to consider just when it comes to a process. And I'll I'll touch on this piece too is is just ultimately, you know, where, where does business come from? Uh, You know, who is referring business to, to us as mortgage brokers? I would say, you know, a huge, huge uh, part of our referral network would be our clients, Uh, you know, understanding that, you know, the level of detail that we go through, um, putting them in a good position to succeed, uh, ultimately providing a very good client experience is, 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 is huge. And, and it's a big reason why we get a lot of business from our clients. And 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 we see a lot of our clients coming back from a repetitive perspective and looking to do their second, third or fourth mortgage transaction with us. Um, you know, showing clients how to grow wealth with real estate has been a big piece for us and, and you know, ultimately showing clients that they can own a second property uh, or a third property, you know, whether it's a vacation home or a rental property, just being able to articulate what you can do and going that extra Mile is is something that I find a good mortgage broker uh, will provide that service to their clients. So that that's just one piece I wanted to touch on, and and maybe you know maybe we can toss this around. Just ultimately, why are people referring a mortgage broker versus a bank, and who are those individuals? Yeah, I I, I would
1: like a past client referral to me is the biggest compliment. It's the biggest sign of success in your own business. If somebody's brother, sister, nephew, uncle, cousin, neighbor, coworker is calling you because you did a good job for them. I mean, if you're in this business long enough, that that becomes your bread and butter. And we say it all the time in the business, your database is a goldmine, right? If you've done business the right way, you've treated people the right way, you've uh, provided an excellent service, that book should just continue to refer you as long as you're keeping up offering a good service, right? And just to compare us to what a bank, offers and what a bank can do. A question I always tell my clients when they're telling me they're going to go speak to their bank, I just say, "Okay, ask them a couple questions. Ask them this, will you at any point through approval to funding date be actively working to get me a cheaper rate before we fund?" The answer is probably going to be met with silence because on the bank side of things, it's a love you and leave you, right? A lot of their compensation is tied to the rate that's charged. It's more money to the bank if you're getting a higher rate. So I always ask them to tell them that and as well Ask them after this mortgage funds, will you be continually looking to find ways to save me money with my mortgage and save on my interest costs? The answer for them is of course no, right? The bank's interest cost is their profit. That's how they're making money. That's what's keeping all the lights on. That's what's padding the CEO's wallets. These are questions we ask as mortgage brokers. This is stuff that we do uh, on a daily basis. There's so much that happens post-funding that we try and provide that a major bank isn't, other than calling you at six o'clock at night, seeing if you want to buy RSPS or mutual funds, you know, we're not we're not doing that. We're solely focused on your mortgage, trying to save you money and trying to find opportunity for you to to save on your interest costs and maybe grow your wealth.
2: Yeah. Good point. I mean, and just like, I have kind of just four quick ideas here on like why would people refer us? Like, so kind of referral partners that we would typically work with, like our database or clients, like absolutely love those referrals. Um, realtors are a big one. A lot of realtors, clients need financing, financial advisors, right? Cause they, a lot of them don't do mortgages, uh, accountants, stuff like that. I think, I think the four kind of general pieces that come to mind for me is we always respect the referral partner, right? And it's, a, it's more of a team relationship. Like, they know they can send a referral to Tyler and Tyler's going to be talking to the client and Tyler's going to see that file all the way through. Right. Uh, we always respect that referral partnership in a way where, you know, maybe that client didn't hear from the realtor one Saturday and, and they literally want to leave. And, and we try to keep everything tied together and we try to keep everything cordial and, and, and make sure that the process is as smooth and seamless as possible. Um, just next piece is like proper numbers, proper pre-approval. I know we've touched on this a million times, but, the amount of times that we get clients coming to us or to any broker for that matter saying like my bank pre-approved me. And then now they're telling me it doesn't work. Like, it's just, it's like clockwork because they don't put the time into the pre-approvals and to us, like that's the most important piece. Because again, like a referral partner, a realtor, if they send a client in and we give an incorrect pre-approval and they spend months with clients on their evenings and weekends looking at homes and it doesn't work, that referral partnership is dead, like completely dead plus a bunch of people in their office are never going to work with us either. Right? So getting proper numbers is so important. Um, options right you send a client to a bank like most banks don't do private lending they don't do b lending sure they have channels and people they can refer to but it's a clunky process it's starting from scratch again with a new person a new voice you know asking the same questions twice like if we can't get a deal done with a conventional a type lender we do have other options that we can directly present to the client to try to get it done right where it makes sense and just last thing is level of service right i mean you send someone to the bank, like, yeah, they probably are going to talk to someone different today that they will in a year if they have a question about their mortgage. Like, you're never going to get that same level of service direct from an institution. And and I'm not here to knock the institutions, right? Like, we're not in business without them. Like, they provide a service that everyone needs. But I think that there's a better way of getting access to financing, which is through a broker, if you're working with a good broker.
3: Yeah, those are all really good points. I know I had a conversation just the other day with one of my main realtors and, and he had, was a listing agent on a property and he actually advised the client go with a slightly less offer just because they had already, they were working with us. They had our pre-approval letters. So like working with having realtors where that work with us, that are our main realtors and even new realtors that are coming in. Like we, because again, we do such a thorough pre-approval process, like realtors see our name and they're like, that's a good client. They're ready to go. They understand they're approved for this property and they, they're they ready to, to, to finish it up, right? Um, the other really important part, I think, is how we're compensated. So, you know, it, it kind of does vary a little bit, but generally across the board, between credit unions, big banks, uh, mortgage finance companies, we are paid 1% across the board. And we're only paid that if the mortgage funds with that lender. Now, there is situations where alternative lending or private lending where we do charge a fee but everything is disclosed up front and before you pull the trigger on that property you are fully aware of the fee that you're paying at closing uh, nothing's obviously done unless we we close the mortgage but everything's dis- disclosed correctly properly up front and there's no surprises on closing day.
0: yeah i'll just touch on the compensation a little bit further so yeah it, it, back to the process this goes hand in hand doing such a thorough job from a pre-approval perspective we're going to know well before you even decide to move forward from a perspective of listing your home and going out and buying or refinancing that this mortgage is going to require a fee to be paid to the lender. Um, Again, back to, to Justin's point, that's going to be an alternative mortgage lender or a private lender. These are typically situations where maybe uh, you have bad credit, you're repairing your credit, or maybe you're self-employed. You have a great accountant that's, you know, strategically showing a lot less income from a net perspective um, to to pay less taxes. These are all reasons why we may have to look at one of these alternative lending options. And uh, you know, the fee charge is typically anywhere from one to 2% of the total mortgage amount. And uh, that isn't going all to the broker. That's usually being split with the broker and the lender. Uh, And that is just in because those typical lenders don't pay compensation to a broker. So for a broker to do those transactions, they have to uh, charge the fee to essentially earn, Uh, earn their living on on those deals and um, I'll just touch on the other side of that is commercial lending. So if you're buying a commercial property uh, you're typically buying in the name of your company or holding company or what have you um, almost every single one of those transactions those lenders will be charging a fee and if there's a broker involved uh, the broker would be charging a fee as well and again it's usually in that one to two percent total range of the mortgage amount that you're borrowing.
2: Brokers like we get paid more if we like the longer the term we get paid more Right. So like if we were to put someone in a five year fix today, we actually get compensated more. So like at the end of the day, this is an important piece, whether you're working with a bank or a broker, like if they're not providing you with options and not to say everyone's just in it for money, but like there's definitely flaws in our industry. Right. There's people out there that do things for money and like you just need to do it for the good of the client and make sure they get the right product. But like we get paid half, like literally 50 percent if we do a one year fixed, right? But like, if that's the best option for the client, that's what we put them in every single time without a doubt, right? Like it can't be about the conversation. It's always about the client and the best outcome for them. So just a consideration, like when we talk about 1%, there are a lot of situations, especially right now, where 90% of the clients that, that come through our doors are taking a product that pays us dramatically less and it just, it is what it is, right? Like we're happy to have the client regardless.
0: And and that's a good segue into like ultimately how to pick your broker with knowing that context. And maybe Tyler, you could touch on that. It's like, you know, having that context in mind, how do you pick a broker?
1: Yeah, I, excellent. And I, I think it just leans, just to touch on what Derek said too, like the lifetime value to a client is massive for us, right? So giving the right advice, whether or not it's tied to compensation is is huge for us, right? So, you know, how to pick a broker we talked about the realtor piece quite often. Like a lot of our business, if it's not coming from directly from a client, it's going to come from a realtor. There's there's huge value in my mind. I know we all agree with this. Working with the, like a realtor, and mortgage broker who know know each other and work well together, it's it's massive, right? Especially in our part of the world where it's a competitive marketplace. You need people that you know already have a good working relationship that communicate well together. There's huge value in that for you, the end user. Um, so that's usually a good place to start. I mean, everybody's, you know, sister, brother, friend, parent, they might have a contact in the business. Um, that's usually, you know, I, we mentioned before how how amazing it is to get a past client referral because what is a referral? It's a transfer of trust, right? If I'm telling you to work with this person, you're, if it doesn't go well, you're going to be upset with me because I'm the one who referred that to you, right? So, um, yeah, I would say listen to the professional that's already in your life hear what they have to say and maybe a trusted family member uh and then you want to ask this new agent or this mortgage professional you're working with just general questions how long have you been in the business what network are you working on i know we'll touch on that in a little bit uh check them out online i mean who doesn't google anybody that they're about to work with do they have you know uh, a website that looks like it was built in the late 90s or the early 2000s and not that that's important to be make it a good broker um but people want to know that. I mean, how many times do you look at a restaurant and then see the Google reviews and there's maybe only two there and you kind of hum and haw? Maybe that's not somewhere you want to eat. Or if the Google reviews are one star, then you're like, okay, this is definitely somewhere I don't want to, don't want to uh, eat. So, you know, there's plenty of work you can do. Everything's online. You know, our our Instagram pages, our, our Facebook pages, our uh, websites, these are all like today's version of a digital business card.
2: Yeah, I mean, I... I guess the one thing that I would add, like your typical, like your first call with a broker is usually the broker kind of investigating you and asking questions, which I think is fair. But I think a lot of the times those conversations, like the the clients are maybe a little bit too intimidated or they just don't know what to ask. But like ask your questions, right? Like try to get to know that person because it could be I've worked with clients for like five years, right? like literally five years before they've gotten to a position where they can buy. Like it can be a very well, it absolutely should be like a lifetime relationship. So you want to make sure like you get a good vibe from that person, right? Like I'm a pretty good, I have a pretty good read on people, but you know, not everyone obviously can, can do that from a phone call. But I think just generally speaking, like do everything that Tyler just mentioned and like ask the right questions, make sure that they're in it for the right reasons, right? And then they want a good outcome. And um, if you're a first time buyer, it's pretty difficult to navigate that because you haven't been through it before. But I think if you're getting a direct referral from someone that you trust, like it's, you're probably in relatively good hands, right?
0: Yeah, good points. And, um, I'll just wrap up on the broker. The brokerage, uh, is that important and what this is where, you know, some people might get lost, but mortgage brokers are attached to a brokerage or in in also a broker network. So, um, what a brokerage is, is essentially very similar to a real estate uh, agent, uh, would be attached to say a Remax brokerage or, uh, you know, Royal Le Page brokerage as, as those are just, you know, the common examples. Very similar with a mortgage broker, they're attached to a brand just like that. And within those brands, there's brokerages and which would be considered franchises. And those franchises are all going to have different lender access. So they're going to have access to different lenders that um, not every brokerage would have. And so, you know, looking at a top tier status brokerage is typically the brokerage you want your broker to be attached to, because that would mean they're going to have every single lender uh, accessible to them. Um, And that's really important for your sake of getting options, having the best options available, having the best rates available. Um, Typically a top tier status brokerage, it's gonna have um, the best lender access, like which I mentioned. Um, those brokers are going to be highly efficient, so they're going to get better rates. Um, they're going to be providing a lot more volume to those brokerages. So again, they're going to have a quicker turnaround. Um, as an example, the brokerage we're attached to is uh, one of the top brokerages in the country. And we, we've seen it. Uh, we, we send our brokerage as a whole sends more volume to um, one of the big five banks. I won't mention names than any other institute or than, than the branches, the combined branches in the lower mainland. Uh, combined, we're sending more volume to this institution than those branches alone. And so we're getting much quicker turnaround times. We're getting better rates. We're getting exceptions when they're when they're needed. Um, these are things that are very important. And it's hard to evaluate a brokerage or a broker's brokerage um, and actually know this without asking questions. So these are the questions I would ask a broker is just, you know, what is your lender access like? You know, what are your turnaround times like? Um, these are things that are, are, are going to, bring out answers that, uh, will, will make you hum and ha or, ultimately, um, wonder.
3: I think to wrap this up, like for you, the consumer, trust your gut. If you, if you're talking to somebody, you don't, you don't feel like you're connecting with them. You don't feel like they have your best interest at heart. You don't owe that broker anything to stay with them. There's no contract. There's nothing. doesn't matter if you've gone through the application process, find somebody that you are comfortable with and then continue the process with that person. So you you don't want to to go through a process like we've alluded to and be unhappy at the end you want to make sure that that person's taking care of you looking after you and and making sure that you're in the best product and like we said you know if it's a one year fixed you know we at thrive are putting you in that because that's the best situation for you versus maybe you were talking to a mortgage specialist at a bank and they want you in a five year fixed right and they're not thinking about your sale of your house in one year
0: yeah actually getting into the you know the nitty-gritty of what's going to be important for your unique situation i mean those are all great points and i guess a great point of time to just kind of wrap this up um there are going to be a lot of times where we would direct you back to your bank um on renewal potentially you know locking in a variable into a fix there's a lot of times where we're going to direct you back to your bank to talk to them first and uh, we'll coach you through that and we always recommend like talk to the broker, That especially, you know, back to the trust standpoint. If you trust the broker, you trust working with us, as an example, talk to us first. We're gonna give you the best advice. We're always gonna direct you back to the bank if that's what makes the most sense. Um, and so we'll leave it there. Uh, hope hope you enjoyed this episode. I don't know if anyone else has anything to add. No? Yeah, hope you enjoyed this episode. I think uh, we could go a lot longer. There's a, there's a deeper uh, conversation on all these topics and we'll certainly circle back in the future. Uh, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, please do so. Uh, send us a comment, like. Uh, we, we take those seriously and uh, look forward to the next one.